0: if you would turn to Acts chapter 4, Acts chapter 4, we had a wonderful week last week, a wonderful um, missions conference, and uh, did you all enjoy last week, wasn't a good time, really enjoyed the preaching, enjoyed getting to know the missionaries, and, and uh, what a blessing it was, Sunday night was a great blessing as we, my faith stepped out and have um, added four new missionaries, praise the Lord for that. I would encourage you, if you've not had a chance yet, to turn in uh, one of our Faith Promise Commitment Cards. They're back on the back table, back there still. And uh, if you get that turned in, if you would, we'd love to have your, your participation with that. It's not something that we even know who does and who doesn't. We're not, you're not writing it down for us. It's something you're making as a commitment to God. But I would encourage you, if you've not taken that step yet, maybe you've not had a chance, encourage you to do that. Get that turned in, if you would. Just put it in the offering basket. We're in Acts chapter 4. We'll begin here in just a few moments. Well, it's sure good to see you all here tonight. Praise the Lord. I'll tell you what, it's wonderful to be able to be here. Oh, it's good to see Brother Randy, too. I meant to mention that. Um, Good to have Brother Randy O'Brien back with us tonight. And uh, Brother Randy, I don't know about that tie, but I like it a lot myself. I really do. It's a nice-looking tie. He's looking sharp tonight. I mean, Randy, he's always been a sharp dresser. Amen. Looking good tonight, Brother Randy. I appreciate you being here. <laughs> oh, Brother Randy is such a great... If you've not had a chance to get to know Brother Randy, make sure you just get by afterwards, shake his hand. Um, uh, Brother Randy um, got saved uh, 21 years ago. 21 years ago. Um, and praise the Lord for that. God's using him in a great way. And, and uh, Brother Randy's a great soul winner and uh, a preacher. And it's good to have him here tonight. Let's continue to pray for his dad um, Randy's up here seeing his dad and, and his dad's health we mentioned it last week and uh, just, uh, actually I think it was two weeks ago now uh, be in prayer if you would continue to pray for Ray if you would um, O'Brien, pray for his health we'll, we'll, we'll talk more about that in just a little bit but it's good to have Randy here tonight let's have a word of prayer we'll get into our Bible study tonight Lord thank you so much for your love for us thank you for the privilege to know you thank you so much Lord for Allowing us to open up your word and Lord for us to be challenged, to be encouraged. Help us tonight, Lord, I pray, to, to see. Help us to know what you want us to know and to, to see our hearts and be be challenged yet. Lord, I pray that you'd also just lift us up, encourage us. Meet with us now. Thank you for answers to prayer. Thank you for the souls saved that were down there in Ecuador and for safety with Brother JB. Thank you, Lord, for the great missions conference this past week and such an encouragement Sunday night, Lord, as we came together as a body of believers, Lord, in fellowship together and took a step of faith, Lord, to add these missionaries. I pray that you'd bless their work. I pray, Lord, they would continue to to, uh, increase in their need for support, that they would get on the mission field very, very quickly, Lord, I pray. Thank you. Meet with us tonight, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I heard a, a story about a preacher. He was leaving the church. When I say leaving, it wasn't just a Sunday night going home. He was actually going to another church. God had called him. They were having a gathering together and kind of a going away type of gathering there as they met inside their fellowship hall. And one of the founding members was there and she looked so sad. I mean, she looked so sad. He walked up to her, tried to encourage her. says, don't be so sad. The next preacher might be better than I am. This was her reply that's what they said before you came and it just keeps getting worse and worse and worse <laughs> Hmm. now that's not very really encouraging for a preacher to hear something like that i'll be honest with you I, you know that would not be very encouraging at all I, why do i say that because tonight I, I want to just really focus in on and challenge us with the the idea of encouragement we all need encouragement wouldn't you agree with that tonight we all need to be encouraged and this life that we live right now in, we have challenges, we have all kinds of difficulties that we go through. We need encouragement. Every one of us do. Every one of us long for it. And, you know, I love when someone lifts me up with words of encouragement. Don't you all love when people use words of encouragement to lift you up? Amen. We all need that. And I want us to think about it. I want to, I want to tell you another story, though. This is a true story. A story of, of something that happened many, many years ago it was June 18, 1956. There was a really terrible accident, very unusual accident, that took place. There was a speeding motorboat. Um, it was going on a lake in New York. And um, in this boat, um, there were several passengers that were on the boat. Well, they hit this big wave, and two passengers were shot out from that boat a uh, 50 year old man and a little girl. And that little girl was starting to drown, and that 50-year-old man did all he could to try to save her life, and he got underneath her and and trying to keep her up above so she could breathe, he was under the water for some time as the boat was trying to turn around. You know, sometimes it's difficult to get back when somebody's in the water. By the time that boat got back there, the girl was just above the water, the man that was below, it was still under the water, they got her into the boat, and they weren't able to grab him. He sunk. Went down to his death, 50 years old. This man that I'm talking about was a man that um, had a lot of influence in the world at that time. He was a man that was involved in, the, in many of the revivals that were taking place. And It wasn't just the revival of seeing people get saved. His heart desire and his ministry was to see people become disciples of Jesus Christ. Getting saved as part of the Great great Commission, but then teaching them to observe all things, whatsoever i commanded you, was where God had directed him in his life. And here he is at 50 years old. His name was Dawson Trotman. He was the founder of the Navigators. If you want to go back and look at it sometime, it's interesting. Um, and, and looking into this a little bit, I was really sparked in his life and some of the things that he did in his life and how God used him. He has a lot of good quotes. Let me just share with you one. and I'm, just, I'm sharing some things with you so you understand who this man is. and I'm, I'm going to get to the point in a minute. But One of the things that he said was this, and this is not about the message tonight, but it struck my heart. If you want to know whether you're a servant or not, this is what he said. If you want to know whether you're a servant or not, how you respond when somebody treats you like one will demonstrate whether you're really a servant. Think about that for a moment. He had a lot of good sayings like that. And he had a real calling in his life, and God used him in a great way. As a matter of fact, when he died, there was a lot of people that that really were sorry to see him die. They were really involved. I'm talking about big names. Even in our country at that time, he had such an impact. Um, They they actually covered the fact that he died in Time magazine. And one of the things they said about about him was this, that he lived to save others. His death was just the way that he would have planned it. And saving another person's life. In his obituary, someone wrote that he died just the way that he lived, always lifting someone up. What a legacy. What a testimony. That challenges me to think about what legacy that I'm leaving, what legacy that we're leaving, how we're impacting people's lives. To be known as someone, here's a man that had such a legacy, to be known as someone always lifting somebody up, to be known as someone that was encouraging others, to be known as someone that was leading others and and helping them to grow. You know, it's, um, it's something that I've been challenged with in my life. It's something that I've had to learn, and I'm still learning. I ask for your patience, and I'm asking God to work in my life. But, you know, one word of encouragement does so much good just one word of encouragement it lifts a person up it helps a person get through the day it can inspire it can encourage it can help a person that is going through a difficult moment by just one word of encouragement there was a study that was done using children and the effects of encouragement and what they did, the sociologists, they, they put these wires on them and they hooked them all up to these machines. And they did a study. They, they wanted to sense by the children's reactions to how they would react to encouragement or discouragement or uh, words that would be building up or tearing down. And, and as they did that study, they, they, would, they would use gestures that would either be encouraging or negative or words that were encouraging or negative. And, and what the study showed was that when children were encouraged, their physical energy would increase. You know, it's interesting, I read stuff like this and I go, well, no kidding. I mean, I've seen that in my own life. But the truth is, though, we oftentimes, we don't think about that. Here, when they encouraged the kids, they had lots more energy, they were a lot happier, things were better, and then when they discouraged or used discouraging gestures, man, it was the opposite. It really brought them down. Now, that was with children. But I dare say that if they were to do the exact same thing with adults, I think it would be the exact same result. We all need words of encouragement. We need somebody to encourage us. We all like to receive encouragement, don't we? We all do. When we receive encouragement, we feel that others care about us. It lifts our spirits. And so tonight, this message I want us to look at is is entitled, Encouraged to Encourage. Encouraged to Encourage encourage and my prayer is that we become better encouragers that we would encourage one another I want us to look at one of the greatest encouragers you're ever going to find we find him mentioned in the Bible and he is a great encourager and here in our text tonight in in Acts chapter 4 we see the very first time that he is mentioned here we see, remember what's going on here, it's the beginning of Acts, we see the beginning of the church, a lot of things are going on there in Jerusalem, many souls are being saved, the church is in one accord, the scriptures are being preached, and the apostles, they're, they're, they're teaching and preaching every day, and more and more believe that Jesus was their long awaited Messiah. They believed in the fact that Jesus died for their sins and that they, they trusted him. They were born again. You look at Acts chapter 2. Do you see how the, after Peter preached that great message there at Pentecost, how that, I mean, over 3,000 trusted in Christ and were baptized and added to the church. A lot of wonderful things were going on. By the way, I would love to be at a church service where you had 3,000 people get saved and baptized. Amen. Well, that'd be encouragement. But a lot of stuff was happening. A lot of wonderful things were happening. And and there were people that, that, that were actually selling their property so that everyone in the church would be provided for. There was one man, though, who was singled out for his generosity and encouragement of others. I want us to look at this tonight. Look at who this man is. Look there at chapter 4, verse 36 of Acts. And Joseph, who by the apostles was surnamed Barnabas, which is being interpreted the son of consolation, Remember that word. We're going to come back to it several times tonight. He was a Levite and of the country of Cyprus, having land sold it and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. Here we see his name. What's his name? Tell me what his name is. Joseph. Or you might know that word better as Joseph. Right? That's the same word. It's the same word. So we see here, so Joseph, that's what his name was. And by the way, that's the last time we see his actual name of Joseph or Joseph. for the rest of the Bible that we see him mentioned. He's never called by that name again. That's interesting. He was called by his, it says surname, you might say his nickname, Barnabas was his name. Barnabas. And they they gave him a nickname because of what the name meant and who he was. How many of y'all have a nickname tonight? Anybody have a nickname? Afraid to raise your hand. Oh, there's one back there. A few people. How many, yeah, only the kids. Okay, Ty's got a nickname, too. What's your, no, I won't ask you. Anybody want to share their nickname tonight? I'm going to put him on the spot. Yes. Owen? Oh, that's a good nickname. I like, hey, oh, come here, oh. Anybody else? What's your nickname? He's got to remember which one. What did he say? Walton? Walton? By J.B.'s response, I'm wondering about that a little bit. I don't know. Hey, Walton, come here. What's your nickname? Layton? Is that your nickname? What's your real name? What'd she say? Lele. There's the nickname, yeah. Lele. All my kids have nicknames, too, and I'm not going to go into all of them tonight. But, you know, there's a lot of nicknames. Ty, you don't want to share the nickname? You don't have to. There's a lot of nicknames that people are named because it describes something about them. And anybody, when you were young, had a nickname and it described something? I'm not going to call you out. I won't. You had a nickname that described something about you. And yes, yeah, so several different people. Names that people would put you know, to you of who you are and, and something maybe descriptive. And and you know, sometimes you get nicknames that don't mean anything at all. They're just a nickname. They don't have any uh, connection to who you are. Well, here's a situation where Barnabas truly had a connection of what his name meant. It was a name that meant a lot. His nickname became literally who he was, or he was who he was, and that's why they called him that. It described him. As you look through the New Testament, you find that everywhere he went, Barnabas, he was an encourager. That word that we looked at there when he talked about that, that the son of consolation, that exact Greek word, it means to console, it means to comfort, it means to encourage. Barnabas was a great encourager. Barnabas, we see throughout the Bible, and and we see lots of different examples of this, of of how he was an encourager to people. His character was a character of encouragement. And and, and because of that, literally, he was called by that. It became who he was. And um, let's just look at a couple examples of this. Turn over to Acts chapter 11. Jump there if you would. Acts 11. Look at verse 22. Acts 11 verse number 22 Then tidings of these things came unto the ears of the church which was in Jerusalem and they sent forth Barnabas that he should go as far as Antioch who when he came and had seen the grace of God was glad and exhorted them all that with purpose of heart they would cleave unto the Lord for he was a good man and full of the holy ghost and of faith and much people was added unto the lord here the church is expanding um tr- the gospel is going out gentiles are starting to get saved and the, when the church at jerusalem heard about uh, this they, they were going to send somebody to go out there and to minister to them guess who they asked to go send to go out there and minister to them? of course they sent barnabas we just read it here they sent the encourager the encourager to go and encourage them everywhere barnabas uh, goes he is encouraging people Barnabas, when he goes, he, he, there's a lot of encouragement that's going on. We see that again and again through Scripture. Even when the great Apostle Paul was angry with John Mark, you remember the, the story how that, that, uh, that, that the Apostle Paul didn't want John Mark to go on that missionary trip with them, the second one, and didn't want them to go back uh, and to, to, to be a quitter again. And, and uh, so Barnabas chose to stay with John Mark and encourage him. Let's look at that. Go to John, uh, Acts 15 and look at verse 36 if you would. Acts 15, just a few chapters up there. Look at verse 36. And some days after Paul said unto Barnabas, let us go again and visit our brethren in every city where we have preached the word of the Lord and see how they do. And Barnabas determined to take with them John, whose surname was Mark. But Paul thought not good, not good to take him with them, who departed from them from Pamphylia and went not with them to the work and the contention was so sharp between them that they departed asunder one from another, uh, one from the other. and so Barnabas took Mark and called and sailed unto uh, Cyprus, and Paul chose Silas and departed, being recommended by the brethren unto the grace of God. All right So you, many of us really remember the story, and, you know, here we see Paul, he didn't want John Mark with them because he saw him as a quitter at this time, one who wouldn't follow through on his commitments. That's what he remembered him for. Barnabas, though, he saw a young man who needed encouragement. And, you know, we look at some of our heroes of the faith, and I'm going to be careful with this. Paul, obviously, he was a hero of the faith, but in this situation, was he right or wrong? It's interesting, isn't it? Sometimes you look at stuff like this, and I'm not quite sure. But I'll tell you what, I see what Barnabas did, and I say, wow, what a great job. I want you to think about this with me. This is young, this young man we call John Mark. Here's a young man that went out on the first missionary journey, and he failed. He went back home to Mama, you might say. He didn't want to continue on. Paul's like, I don't have time for that. Man, get me Silas, we're going, right? Barnabas takes him under his wing. Barnabas does some things to encourage him. You know, we're talking about a man that actually penned the words, by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit of God, he penned the words, the Gospel of Mark. Remember when we studied through this and we spent over a year looking at the Gospel of Mark and being reminded of who John Mark is and, and how that God worked in him. Here's a young man that had started his life out and as far as his Christian walk, and you might say it was a failure, and yet God wasn't through with him. And Barnabas, he takes him under his wing. And when, when all of this took place, uh, uh, what we're talking about right here as far as the splitting of ways that happened, they say between 50 and 52 A.D., By 64 A.D. is when he began to write the Gospel of Mark. And so you you think about what took place. Something happened in those 12 to 14 years to bring John Mark from a young man that wasn't committed to one that wrote boldly about the life and the purpose of Jesus Christ. 12 to 14 years transformed his life because somebody came alongside him and didn't give up on him and encouraged him. God had a great plan for his life. I don't know all that happened in those 12 to 14 years, but what I do know is this, that Barnabas had something to do with it. Barnabas had an impact on his life. He didn't abandon him. He encouraged him. He spent time with him. Let me just stop for just a second. Don't give up on those young Christians that fail. Don't give up on them. Don't give up on those people that don't quite measure up to what you think they should be. And I say that because sometimes you just don't know what they really are. You don't see as God sees. There are a lot of diamonds in the rough that God has a plan and purpose for. And sometimes if we're not careful, we can stick our nose up and say, "And I, listen, we all have been guilty of this. We all have been guilty of this. We need to be very careful that we are an encourager and not a discourager when it comes to young Christians, when it comes to maybe not even young Christians, but Christians that, that fall. Be very careful you don't write people off because they made a mistake. When I say made a mistake, we all know what that really means, right? They sinned, they fell. Or maybe they just didn't have the faith to take that step. Don't write them off. You know, I believe that all of us should want a nickname of Barnabas. Every one of us. What a great example we see here. Every one of us ought to be a Barnabas. And I encourage you tonight to be a Barnabas. Be an encourager. In the youth group, be an encourager. Encourage those that are in the youth group. Encourage your youth pastor. Encourage your youth pastor's wife. Be an encourager. Be an encourager in every area of our church. Be an encourager on that bus route. Those kids need encouragement. They truly do. Encourage one another. I mean, I can go right down the line. We can go all the way down in every single ministry and every single situation. We need to be encouragers. You see, when we encourage each other, we walk beside each other. And that means to share in each other's life and support and strengthen one another. To do what we can do to strengthen instead of tearing them down. Lifting them up instead of tearing them down. And so tonight, as we think about this subject, I want to take a few minutes and I want us to just look at how we can become encouragers. It's a very simple message, but I believe it's very needful. I think it's something that every one of us we need to grow in. It's something that I need to grow in. It's something that I would desire to be a a better encourager. And I think every one of us can. So let's just look at it. The first thing we have to realize in order to be an encourager is that encouragement must be spoken. It must be spoken. It doesn't do any good to think good thoughts about a person and then never say anything. They sure are good people, man. Look, look at how they're serving the Lord. Boy, look at those bus workers. Look how look how faithful that they are. Man, look at those Sunday school teachers doing a good job. Boy, that piano player, and she she's, does a great job. Amen. Amen. There you go, see? I'm not going to say anything about the sound guys, but no, I'm just kidding. I mean, the sound guys do a great job back there. I mean, we can go right down the line and look at every situation, and you might think, man, we've got a lot of good workers at church. When's the last time you said something of encouragement to them? When's the last time you lifted them up by encouraging them? Think about it. It has to be spoken. We need to learn to speak words that encourage each other. We all need it. Every one of us, we desire it. Look, if you would, go to Acts chapter 13. Look at verse 15, if you would. <clears throat> Acts 13, verse 15. And after the reading of the law and the prophets, the rulers of the synagogue sent unto them, saying, Ye men and brethren, if ye have any word of exhortation for the people, say on. There's that word exhortation. That's the exact same Greek word as the word we saw earlier, consolation, of comfort, of of encouragement. It's the exact same word. Here we see Paul and Barnabas, they had just arrived at Antioch, they'd gone to the synagogue on the Sabbath day for worship like they normally would. And what would happen at these services was the reading of part of the Old Testament would happen. They would get up, they would have somebody that would read parts of the Old Testament, the Torah. They would read the old passages. And and then after they were done, the, the people would stand and speak. And it's amazing they looked at Barnabas and Paul and they said, Brothers, if you have any word of encouragement, come and give it right now. It's basically what they're saying here. Come give us some words of encouragement, some that will encourage and challenge us, and so they asked them to do that. You know, we all look for words of encouragement. Words that will build us up. Words that will help us in times of despair and trouble. Words that will help us stay the course when times get tough. And words that affirm that what we are doing is the right thing. We all need to hear that. Now, let me just stop us for a moment. I'm going to step over here and say this. We don't encourage people when they're sinning. That's not what we're talking about here. Right. It's not what I'm talking about. Don't walk away from here and say, the preacher is so soft, he's not talking. You need to call people out when they do something wrong. Well, there's a lot of people that know how to do that real well. But are we encouraging people? Are we encouraging people? While we need to speak words of encouragement, it's easy to speak words of discouragement, isn't it? A lot easier to do that. It's so easy to say words that are discouraging. Why is it so hard to say words of encouragement? Let's just talk about it for just a moment. Would you help me? Why is it so hard to say words of encouragement? What keeps us from doing that? Pride. Pride. Yeah, number one. That's exactly what my thought is. You ever catch yourself not wanting to compliment somebody because of your pride? Anybody else like that? I have. And then I stop and go, what? Why does it matter? Who cares? Who cares? Why, why am I concerned about my pride? This person needs a word of encouragement. I'm just talking real seriously. I have seen, I have seen it, and then I've seen it with other people. They they'll never say a positive word. Why? Why can they never say a positive word? Why is that? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's, once again, it's pride it seems to everything i look at from every direction on this subject it seems to always go back to pride it it really does for me and there might be some other it, what else what do you think let's talk about it honestly if you, i want to get your perspective on this the person themselves yeah. yeah can you can you apply that um i guess maybe if you're going through
1: a trial life and you see else you to be really just fantastic uh,
0: yeah. Yeah. That's else, good. So you're in such a miserable shape yourself, you don't want to encourage somebody else, basically. Yeah, that's true. It is. I've been there. You ever been there? Yeah, it's true. That's a good point. When you're when you're when you're when you're in the garden eating worms, you don't want to you don't want anybody else to have a party. <laughs> What else? Anybody else? It's interesting to hear perspectives, though. It's good for us to think about this, yeah. Uh, can I get kind of to, to what Tony said? That sometimes we like to judge people's motives and we like to convince ourselves because we're convicted. Yeah. By what yeah. Doing that Well, they're not doing it for the right reason, therefore I should encourage them about it. Absolutely. And that's pride, man. Absolutely. That's that's true. Of conviction that comes because somebody else somebody leads the soul to Christ and instead of saying, praise God, you don't say anything cuz you're not leading anybody to the Lord. It's good. Yeah. we so in our we forget there's Yeah. of mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So true. I'm I'm guilty of that. I think we all are. That's so true. Eric Yeah, right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's great. A lot better reception too, I bet. yeah. That's good. Very good. Very challenging. Yes. Yeah, right. They weren't there for me when I was having a bad day, right? Right, right, exactly. And we can get caught in that trap. That's a good. That's a good point. Yeah. No. Randy, you speak wonderful words. I'm supposed to be preaching on encouragement, so you set me up for that. I know you did.
1: Oh, that we yes. had a shared yeah. and I said, right. discouragement is very encouraging to me. <laughs> and uh, he went, where did you hear that? I said, I accidentally said that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: good it's good to think about this and I want to challenge you to think about it you know how, what keeps us from being more encouraging to one another or making sure that we are an encouragement by saying the words all these different reasons are all very applicable in different areas different times different parts of our life and yet it's so easy for us to be discouraging with our words you think about that and I'm not going to ask you to go back, and I'm not trying to make this be a, where we're just going to sit here and feel horrible, but I need to challenge you to think about the fact of over the past week, how many encouraging words did you speak as opposed to how many discouraging words? How many encouraging to your wives, men, and to your husband's wives, to your children, parents, to your mom and dad, kids, to each other, brothers and sister, you know, these are all challenges, and to each other in the church here, in church. Words of encouragement, it's so important, it's so easy to put someone down. It's easy to do that. We can all find a flaw. We can can all find it. You know, uh, and yet the Word of God, I want you to turn over to James chapter 3. Jump there if you would. Scripture warns us about what we say with our mouth over and over and over and over again. James chapter 3 is a very good passage about this. Look there, if you would, James chapter three, verse number two, was where we'll begin. James three, verse two. For in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man, Enable also to bridle the whole body. He's a mature person, mature Christian. He has control over himself. Behold, we put bits in the horses' mouths, uh, that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. Behold, also the ships, which though they be so great and are driven of fierce winds, yet are they turned about with a very small helm, whithersoever the governor listeth, even so the tongue is a little member, and boasteth great things. Behold, how great a matter a little fire kindleth, and the tongue is a fire, I'll stop there. The tongue is a fire. You know, the words that we choose to use are so important. Be careful when you open your mouth and what you say. We need to think. We need to speak slowly. You, anybody else's mother used to say, if you can't say something nice, say nothing at all? You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good thing to remember. It really is. Ann Landers once said this. She said, the trouble with talking too fast is you may say something you haven't thought of yet. In other words, you haven't thought about the words. Ephesians 4.29 says, Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. We need to be very careful what we say. You ever heard of that disease that, that cows get, hoof and mouth disease? I think that's what it's called. Hoof and mouth, is that right? Where's Becca. Am I saying that right? I ask you because you, you you're you the only people I know that raise cows. I don't know. I was trying to be encouraging. I didn't mean to be discouraging about that. I'm sorry. That wasn't a bad thing. That's a good thing. Hoof and mouth disease. You know, sometimes we, if we're not careful, we'll say something before we think about it, and we get that foot and mouth disease. You know what I'm talking about? Man, I just shoved my foot. I've done it. I have. You've got to be careful. You've got to think about what you say. We have to be careful not to let our words discourage. Be very careful. Be careful in times when somebody's going through a difficult time, what you say. Let me give you an illustration. Somebody just lost their baby. Don't say, praise God, you can have more. I mean, seriously. You have to be careful what you say. I've heard that before. And yet the person I know that didn't mean to say it, but just be careful what you say. We're all guilty of it at times. So stop. Be filled by the Holy Spirit, led by the Spirit. Think about what you're going to say. Be very careful. Our society today has a new phenomenon. It uh, wasn't there when Jesus' day was uh, in in Christ's day. And, and you know, you look in the Bible here. I don't think you find anything like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Don't find things like that. But today we have that, don't we? Have you noticed how embrazen people get when they start typing instead of talking? Have you noticed some People will type things they would never say to your face. Now, some would. I I get it, right? But there's a lot of people that would say, they'll type things they would never say to your face. Can I say this to you? Listen now. Don't use those places to tear people down. You know, if you were to say something negative, let's say I was going to say something negative. Let's see here. Who can I say it to? Let's see here. You know, Tony. I said something negative to Tony. Why? I just ripped him up from one side down the other. I have no reason to, but I'm just saying I did. It's between me and him, maybe one other person's listening. All right? That's how far it goes, unless somebody talks about it. You put that on Facebook, you put that on Instagram, you put that on Twitter, it goes out into the world. You, you can't ever take that back. You know what, if you can't say something nice, just like Mama said, don't say anything at all. It, Get off the thing and don't be negative. And be an encouragement. You can can use it for encouraging things. You can encourage people. But, man, be so careful. Be careful when you're writing, when you're talking, the things that you're saying. Use the great technology we have to encourage, not to discourage people. And um, so be, be, be careful about that. So not only do we encourage with our words, but we encourage with our actions. With our actions, I'm sure everyone's heard the phrase, actions speak louder than words. Yes, it's true. And here's the situation, when it comes to encouragement, they go hand in hand. You need words of encouragement, you need some actions sometimes to go with that. And I say sometimes, because sometimes there's not, the words is what you need to say, but then you need to follow up with the actions, if need be, to encourage Think about that with me. How can we, okay, we understand about encouraging with words. How can we encourage with action? Let's talk about that for a moment. So you say something with words, what can we do to encourage with actions? Let's think about it. Brainstorm with me. What are some ways? How do we encourage with action? Yeah, Ryan? Okay, by being happy. Good. Your mom and dad will be so encouraged. If you have a smile on your face as kids, amen. How else? That's true. You know what? There's more to that. Let me just say something for a moment. If you're saying words of encouragement and you're walking around like Eeyore, nobody wants to be around that. That's a good, that's a good one, Ryan. Yes. Yeah, give them an anonymous gift. Encourage them. That's good. Absolutely. What else? Yeah, Becca. Good. Yeah, so if you say, I'll help you with this, be there to help them with that. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, Absolutely. That's acting on our faith, too, isn't it? It really is. Um, It's not just talking about it, it's doing. Yes, Owen? Being selfless? selfless? What's a selfless act? What does that mean? Yeah, that's a good one. Or giving your pastor that new toy your mom just gave you from Star Wars? (laughs) Would you do that? He's like, no, I'm not doing that. He was bragging on some Star Wars. What was that Star Wars toy you got? Yeah, that's pretty cool. What? What's that? Oh, man, we're we're hearing all about it. It's good. Somebody else. Yes. Yeah, that's good. Good idea. When somebody else is doing something good to encourage somebody, jump on in. Help out. That's good. Yes, sir. It's good to actually contact people to find out what their needs are. And that kind of goes along with why we don't
1: encourage people. We don't know what they need encouragement in. We haven't taken time
0: to invest any of our time in other people's lives to find out what's going on in their lives. Find out what they need to be encouraged with what they need help with. Yeah, amen. It's, yeah. Amen. And it's a vicious cycle. We live in an island unto ourself, and then we wonder why we're so alone. It's a vicious cycle. Um, it's more blessed to give than to receive. It's a vicious cycle when all we do is we live for ourself, our own island, and we never reach out. And we have to, in order to understand what, what, they, what their needs are. That's good. Someone else, Heather? Yeah, Eric. Amen. Amen. It's good. Yes, sir. Tony. I know for me it's a big encouragement when I see people who are in their place doing what
1: they're supposed to
0: do. Yeah. Especially
1: over a long period of time. Yes. We weary or we all feel like, you know, yeah. Uh, we are, you
0: know, there. Yeah, it's encouraging to see them and then we can say some words of encouragement to them. Yeah, absolutely. It's good. I don't remember. Yeah.
1: He was actually the first person I ever said that to because Mm -hmm. someone had thrown a gospel tract in his face. And I kind of wanted to cut the tension, but I realized that I knew him well enough. And I said, uh, Brother Ted, your discouragement is very encouraging. discouraged and then see them overcome that,
0: you know. Yeah. And Amen. see
1: that happen. I mean to get to share it together
0: with something like that. It's just really awesome. Amen. And encourage 'em at that moment too. Amen. Yeah. That's good. Yes ma'am. Amen. Amen. It's good. Yes, sir. I think, I think too, instead of just saying, hey, I'm for even though that is very mm-hmm. but to actually pray with them, Yeah. Amen. Absolutely. It's good. A lot of, a lot of good points. Um, I mean, we could go on, we could talk about it, but we have to use our actions to encourage. It's important that we do. Um, Turn over to, if you would, go to Acts chapter 9. Here's another example. We see Barnabas being an encourager to a young Christian, one that the rest of the church didn't want anything to do with. Acts chapter 9, look at verse 26. And when Saul was come to Jerusalem, he essayed to join himself to the disciples, but they were all afraid of him. They called the security team, they had him arrested, and believed not that he was a disciple. (laughs) Verse 27, Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles and declared unto them how he had seen the Lord in the way and that he had spoken to him and how he had preached boldly at Damascus in the name of Jesus. Paul, obviously still going by the name Saul at this point, He'd been saved on the road to Damascus. I think we all know the story of what happened, how that God had called him to preach and, and, uh, and to teach. And, and now the trouble was that he was known as a, a persecutor of the Christians, um, not a follower of Jesus Christ. And so the Christians there at Jerusalem were afraid of him. And I would say, I understand that. Man, I get that. But Barnabas, he took Paul uh, to the apostles and stood up for him. He told them of Paul's conversion and how he personally had heard Paul preach the gospel of Jesus. Now I want you to think about this, and that you can always say, "Well, what if?" Right? But what if? What if it had happened differently? What if Barnabas did not go with Paul? What if he wasn't there to literally, I mean, lead him by the hand? <laughs> what if he wasn't there to help this man that had been a persecutor of the Christians? What if he hadn't encouraged him to see the apostles? It would have been easy for Paul to say, these people don't even accept me. These people don't care for me. don't care about me. Man, I'll tell you what, I don't want it to ever be said of this church that somebody would come in here and somebody gets saved or somebody's wanting to give their life to the Lord and they don't feel love in this place because of somehow their past, somehow the way that they look, Somehow, the way that they perceive, you perceive them by what they, they, they look like. Man, we need to be so very careful. You just don't know who that person might be. You have no idea what that bus kid's going to end up like. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? We need to be so careful. And, you know, Barnabas, through his actions, he encouraged, he strengthened Paul in his faith and in his, in his uh, reputation. He helped him. Barnabas' actions matched his words. It wasn't just talk, it was his actions. Listen, our actions need to match our words. If we are to truly encourage people, our actions must line up with our words, and our words must line up with our actions. Yeah, there's going to be times when no words are necessary. There's going to be times when somebody just needs to be hugged when they're going through a situation. But what I'm talking about is the words that we speak as far as our compassion for them and our love for them and being there for them, being an encouragement to them, writing that letter to them, writing that card to them, sending that text to them, letting them know that you appreciate them, letting them know that you are praying for them and you pray with them. Best thing you can do is to to encourage is to, to pray with that individual, to pray for them. Let them know that you're praying for them. Let them know you prayed for them and then do it. You know, people are encouraged by words, but they're also encouraged by actions. People need to hear at times that you're thankful. I mean, men, your wife needs to hear that you appreciate her. She does. Oh, my wife's strong. (laughs) Yeah, but you know what? I bet you she would certainly appreciate being thanked. And words of encouragement and lifting her up and letting her know that she's doing a great job. You know, I know a lot of families in this church, and I can tell you this. We've got a lot of wonderful mothers in this church and wives, wonderful husbands. Praise God for what we have here. Don't let pride get in the way. We need to hear words of encouragement. Somebody does a good job of doing something in church, man, let them know. Let them know you appreciate them. Encourage them. Encourage. You see, we encourage by our actions and our words. And I want to encourage you tonight to be an encourager. Let's lift each other up. There's enough people in the world that are going to tear us down. Am I right? There's enough people in the world that are going to tear us down. We don't need to do that. Now, we can have fun. I know there's sometimes a little bit of bantering going on. You have some fun. Us guys, we say some fun stuff to one another. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about, you know, when you say things that are just ordinary. What's worse, saying something bad or not saying something positive ever? And They're both pretty bad, I think. Open your mouth and say something Positive. Praise God for Elena cleaning the church. She does a great job. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, seriously. Encourage her by picking something up that's on the floor. I'm just using that as an illustration. She didn't. You can pay me later for that, Elena. I'm just. <laughs> Let's encourage each other. We have a lot to be thankful for in this church. God has blessed us with wonderful families, wonderful people. And... When God sends us new people, we have a lot to be thankful for because God's entrusting us with them. Let's encourage them. Let's lift them up. Let's pray for them. There's some people that maybe are stopped coming because nobody came up alongside of them and encouraged them. And I'm not saying that toward any individual. I'm not saying because anybody's done it that I know of. I'm just saying, is it possible that could have happened? What can we do Try to do better at that ourselves. There might be some that are here tonight, and like we heard earlier, one of the examples well, I'm not going to encourage people because they don't encourage me. You know what? It'd be amazing, I think, that you'll be encouraged yourself when you encourage other people. It will lift your spirits, and it will lift their spirits. And you know, I still believe that God's word is true when it says you reap what you sow. Yeah. But even if a person is non-deserving in your mind, encourage, lift them up, love them with the love of Christ, that unconditional, unconditional love and giving. Encouragers, I want to be a Barnabas. I want to be known for a person that is an encourager. That's what I believe God wants me to do, and I'm asking God to help me. And I appreciate you folks, and I appreciate the fact of being able to be your pastor, and I want to be an encouragement to you. And we need to work together. This, this church needs to be a church. And a couple of weeks ago I talked about love. Today I'm talking about encouragement. We need to have a church where people feel loved and they are encouraged by what they're doing here and coming to this church. And when new people come and, and just opening our hearts up to them and encouraging them and praying for them. Let's all stand up. Let's have a word of prayer.